Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Music Challenge Podcast, where every week, three music-loving friends sit down and talk brass tacks about the music that has touched our lives. This season on the Music Challenge Podcast, we'll be talking about our formative four, the four albums that set us on our personal musical journeys. Where did your musical journey begin? Let us know who your formative four are. We'll be featuring listener selections along the way, and we just may feature your groundbreaking music grails. The albums that started it all for you and what you are listening to now. Let us know what we're missing out on and what we can be listening to. Email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for weekly episodes featuring some of the most influential albums of our past, present, and future. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the latest episode of the Music Challenge Podcast. What you're about to hear is the pilot episode of our little podcast here. So it will get better. We've already made it better. But this is the pilot episode, and we wanted to get it out for you. So take it with a grain of salt, and trust me, we've already made great improvements. Enjoy. So in any case, I guess I'll just start uh, with this is... uh, the uh well one thing we're going to say is that um the albums that we have all brought to the table uh this week are uh my my name is andrew and i brought uh rush moving pictures as uh the first of my formidable four in no particular order jed what'd you bring i brought talking heads remain in light nice 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 rob and uh i brought duran duran rio very nice, very nice, very nice. So actually, uh, they sound like they have nothing in common, yet uh, Darren Duran Rio and Rush uh, all came out quite quite next to each other. In, uh, within what, three years? Within a well, within they a all three came months. out within three years. Within a yeah. few months. So that's in, those were some dynamic years, I think. You know, oh, yeah, back stuff to changed this, a lot. all three. Right. From 1980 to 1983, uh, namely MTV. But uh, so the album that I brought this week was uh, uh, Rush Moving Pictures. Um, this album was uh, extremely formative to, uh, um, to so many parts of my being. Uh, it's very odd. You know, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, I play bass. And I guess there's no reason to mince words about that. I actually do play bass. And, you know, I wanted to play bass for a long, long time. It's not like I just kind of fell into it or anything like that. Uh, I, uh, um, and I really, I guess I, I just couldn't remember quite how I fell into it. And, and I realized that, you know, uh, from listening to Rush lately, that Rush is, and listening to Getty Lee, probably on this album because this was by far the first Rush album I had heard uh, that's what made me want to play bass because he was so fucking silky and why would that not make you want to play bass I mean it, it's ridiculous yeah I mean it, his bass growled right it, you know and I felt like you know like on songs like Red Barchetta where he's talking about basically finding a 
old car in his uncle's garage and taking it out for a spin. A barn find. <laughs> a barn will. find. A barn find, if you will, completely. Um, he finds this red bar chat in his uncle's garage, and, and I think they tell the story of him taking this thing out for a spin, you know, like through the notes, you know, of the music, you know, like they, they kind of accentuate the, um, you know, when that bass gets real grindy, that's kind of, you know, telling you when they're accelerating and right. stuff like that, you know. It, so like their ability to kind of tell tell their own stories was a bit of what drew me to them. For Another sure. thing was this is um, it is a bit of a musical race car <laughs> when they jump in there. It, it's I mean it's like the General Lee really. Off, yeah, um, it's amazing. It is it is fairly amazing, especially because it it basically works as tight as a rocket ship. I mean it is absolutely uh, nailed down. But for sure. Um, you know, another thing was that when my brother got the first stereo in the house that was not owned by uh, my parents, you know, um, the album that he got with his stereo was Rush Moving Pictures. So, like, you know, all of a sudden one night, unexpectedly, I hear the giants <laughs> come out for Tom Sawyer, and I'm just like, Wow! Like that was a moment where I was just like, "Wow, music changes cool. after right." It it changes yeah. after what a hi-fi is for. Yeah, it, exactly. Hi-fi is how it because it was a Sears Roebuck stereo, but it was still ours. And Sears used to make some pretty badass shit. If it was a stereo, or they used to make electric guitars, the Jack White plays. Yeah, right? Or was that Montgomery Ward? But either Houses. way, it was a department store. Houses. That made right. That my original. Exactly. I live in a Sears Roebuck home. Ironically. Do you really? Yeah, do you I, do. really? I do. It was the model called the Crescent. I would love to see that sometime. Yeah, I've never, I'll, I'll find the ad one a, day and show it to you guys. It's pretty a Sears cool. House. It's cool. Pretty. Cool. Oh, wow, that is Any- really neat. I had no idea. Um, anyway, so back to Rush moving pictures. Sorry about that Sears Roebuck detour. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, my first base. Fun facts with Rob. Uh, my first base, which was given to me by a uh, girlfriend. Tell me it was a Sears Roebuck base. It was a Sears base. Yes! Because yes! I, I looked up the serial Thank number you. on the back of the neck. That was not, folks, that was not planned. No, we did not, not plant that at all. Base. It was a Mustang, you know, so it was like a short neck base, you know. I mean, it's a $32.99 base right there. Sal 30. Sanchez still has that. I mean, has really? Still, is the guy who has that now, supposedly. No kidding. Um, well, you know, honestly, I would. Hey, Sal, if you have that base. Can you bring it back to us? We'd like to see that base. Well, we just like to see it, Sal. We don't need to really have it back, right. but we, if you're not using it, it you know, right. see what's going on. 
No sense having it <laughs> collecting dust in the corner. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, it's not like I would bring it out as my second. It's not like I'm going fishing with two bases or something like that. So, <laughs> um, You're putting you know, it in my, my quiver. arsenal of bases. My quip. My, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, so I had these just memory, like, you know, and the thing is Rush was far beyond anything else I was close to listening to at the time. And so, like, you know, my, you know, kind of my musical spectrum was, I don't even know what kind of dumb shit. And then, you know, and then Rush. And, and it's, it's like, you know, Rush is like just quantum leaps ahead of everything else I'm listening to. It, it but yet still I'm still is, going back of. to it because it just sounds cool. It is. You know? It still is kind of. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, mm, well, this. Mm. And, and like, what did one of you guys say earlier? It's like, uh, you just put that album on and it just flies by, you know. Oh, like, yeah. It's over in minutes. Yeah. It. it I just realized today that the camera eye is 10 minutes long. Like after it was playing for seven minutes. Yeah. Same thing happened to me today. like bearing down in intensity of that theme it's just absolutely. like where it's absolutely ripping threads you know at the end and uh you know there's times where different ones of them take the melody and different ones of them take the lead and you know for sure and, and the, kinda, like the space they allow each other in that song yeah is yeah just, it, it's insane and fun to listen to of course like yeah. you can listen to it yeah yeah and this is a good chance to take a break, so we'll be back in just a minute after this important announcement. Remember everyone, we want you to submit your formative four. Tell us the musical seeds that set you on your path, and we might review one of your albums right here on the air. You can get on our blog at musicchallenge.fireside.fm or email us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Also, you can slip into our DMs at musicchallengepod on Instagram. Come as close to four as you can, but if you need more or less, that's all right too. Remember, musicchallengepod at gmail.com and you can hear us discuss one of your albums. was at the McCormick's house. Um, McCormick's, one of your friends? Yeah, right around the corner. It was the local piano teacher. And my next door neighbor was um, watching the house, feeding the cat, you know, kind of deal. And we go over there and he throws on Rush moving pictures. And I heard the first few notes of Tom Sawyer and I was like, what in the Sam hell is that? (laughs) I've never. I, I like never, that noise. I ain't never heard no <laughs> shit like that in my life. 
and of course changed my view of music, but allowed me like so many other spaces too. And as I reflect back on that, like it kind of opened my mind to that virtuoso kind of playing and allowed me to listen to a ton of other stuff um, along those lines that I never would have explored yeah. if it wasn't for Rush kind of showing me that way. And I got to admit, it took me a long time to actually get to other stuff because these bands were still releasing, like Yes came out with mm-hmm. 90125, whatever, 1985 exactly. or something like that. Well, it wasn't quite like your normal re- Yes album, though no right. one at the time really wanted to admit right. it. Exactly. So, like, you know, it wasn't really cool to go back to Yes yet because really we were still like, oh, right, but Yes th- is still going to bring it. But then you go back and listen to Fragile and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, fragile. Is... Or listen to the Yes album. The right, first exactly. Yet. I mean, that shit is ridiculous. Yeah. Bill Bruford might be. Well, I mean, every single damn one of them. The, the, so, how, how about you, Jed? Did you, do you remember having a first moment with Rush? I know that, um, actually, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jed and I are, uh, well, I mean, the three of us span about nine years. Something like that, yeah. yeah. 71 yeah. to 80, I think. 71-ish? I'm, I'm at the low end of that nine-year scale, and, and Jed's at the high end. Of yeah, I just turned 40. Okay. Days ago. All right. I will turn 50 in a year and a half. And I'm 46 years Not old, quite. like somewhere halfway through that whole experience so, of 46. You know, he's, he's in his 40s. Yeah. Jed just turned 40. I am staring squarely in the face, the specter <laughs> of, of half, a half a century. Half of a century. Half a century. Five decades. 58. Never seen no one like me before. So, um, so this whole conversation about yes and a lot of the yeah, that whole period of time I was a small child. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> so it's a cure. It's 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 interesting, but yeah, I definitely rounded out and came, like kind of came back to it. I do remember some rush from my childhood, hanging out in my brother's like garage. Um, I you, do remember. I do remember listening to moving pictures. Like moving pictures was. Because as probably the album that was being played. Would you guys say maybe it was uh, the prog album that reached the most popularity? It has to be the. It has to the 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 highest achieving, longest spanning, whatever. I I would think maybe something by Genesis, but none of their prog stuff really made it that. None of that, yeah, none of that cut through really like that did. Yeah, Rush definitely cut through a lot more than. Tom Sawyer is on the radio yeah, 10 times true. a day in Chicago, Illinois. True, true. Now. True. <laughs> right. It is now. Yes. And also, I want to just set the scenery right here. Both of these guys are wearing my red coats right now. Uh, <laughs> we are wearing freezing our asses off at 2 in the morning. morning. Yeah, we are in, in a my garage. garage doing the garage sessions, uh, running down some moving pictures um, straight away. We're glad to have you. On the Music Challenge podcast. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, the, like Tom Sawyer itself is nowhere near my favorite song on the album. It just doesn't. But it's a great song. It is a great song. It's a great, it is a great song, and, for sure. It, and Radio Ready. See, there's a reason yeah. why that was. It's number one on the, you know, it's. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, they knew they knew how to put a hook in something. So I'm a limelight guy. Limelight's good. YYZ. YYZ gets weird. I like it. Without offending me, or without um, <laughs> what, what? What's the effect we're looking for? Well, I guess I'm curious where this took you. I mean, it touched you touched on yes. Oh well, also the fact that I play bass because of oh right. Eddie Lee, basically right. Um, but as a, as a seed, you know, in your musical history, oh, where uh, sort if of, you want to talk about how it spread out from there, yeah, I mean, I'm curious, like the tree branch that um, it went kind of. Well, I mean. Uh, I actually, I guess I can sum this up fairly well. Because I, I started a Pandora station, whatever, like a year ago, which is uh, Old Genesis, Rush, and there's one more, but it just fits perfectly. I mean, it's it, it, it um, it, it, I mean, it just led to other quote unquote prog, almost mega band type genre stuff. Um, where like Genesis to me was a horrible band because all I'd heard was the mid '80s stuff. But like just seven years before that, they were just absolutely throwing it down. Absolutely, absolutely throwing it down. Selling, like, selling English. My father-in-law is a massive early Genesis fan. And then you talk about the early Genesis with Peter Gabriel, which I'm not even sure I'm totally familiar with. Uh, but um, I mean, you could, there's one full concert with Phil Collins on YouTube and he plays this adult like lawnmower man in between songs where, you know, where he's giving these kind of adult stuttering speeches into the microphone. You just think like, well, what if some here, to, someone just came here to see, <laughs> you know, like the, the latest single or something like that. Right. Like, like this guy, right. <laughs> but I mean, the thing but is, whatever back. you think of, excuse me, that was me. Whatever you think of Phil Collins, man, the, are they bringing it, the whole band, this entire fucking show? I mean, because, like, Tony Banks, who is the keyboardist for Genesis, I mean, think how much that guy sculpted that sound. Right. And how many bands went behind that? You for know, sure. It's like the avant-garde, melodic keyboard wall of sound. And, you know, you know, which perhaps, you know, with this theme... This theme Keeps coming it does up seem, over and over. Seems to be thematic in our <laughs> in our picks this, it, this week. Is, is that the key? You know, the pervasiveness of the keyboard and how it changed music in the early '80s, where it's Absolutely. almost like you had to get with it, or you felt like you had to get with it, sure. I guess, or 
you know, you did not feature this new toy that, right. you know, had been, you know, unleashed upon the public by... By John Paul Jones. Or you could even see Pete, <laughs> say Pete Townsend, right. you know. That's I right. mean, you're right. You know, or something like that, you know, so... But I mean, more like the Casio keyboard type thing, you know, the 80s keyboard, which I really hate to classify as that because, I mean, yeah, that was pop 80s radio. I mean, just like there's a pop Chicago Teeny thin kind of, yeah. I don't even know. But there was obviously <laughs> a lot of other shit going on in the 80s uh, that... that. Uh, that you know, really kept the heart of rock and roll still beating. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go shoot myself in the anus right now. That was a good Jack, one. Jack well, Clapp. I mean, Bravo. Jack Clapp. I think we've, uh, I think we've explored uh, moving pictures quite enough as we've now talked about Genesis. And back uh, to Huey Lewis. And back to Huey Lewis, yeah. So, But thank you very much for uh, sitting in and listening to uh, my presentation of uh, moving pictures as one of my formative four albums. We'll be back just a few. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. And I want to tell you guys about a few other things. Uh, upcoming albums. Uh, Rob's formative album, Duran Duran Rio, plus uh, Jed's formative album, The Talking Heads, Remain in Light. So stay tuned for all that goodiness, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>